Ponga away. Jordy Barrett, a big pass to the left flank. Talia coming back. Benny one, Benny two, straight eight. Offloading, picked up. Try, try. It's Boone and Barrett, is it? Oh, don't tell me they're going to rule this one out too. Sam Kane is sent off in the Rugby World Cup final. you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Taken at the back, Christy has buffed it, Clerk, and it's picked up by a man in offside position, is it not? Play on is the call. South Africa drive to the sideline. Ball's held up. Ball turned over, is it? The final whistle sounds. Heartbreak for the All Blacks. Delirium for the Springboks. Welcome to the run home with Kim and Steve. All thanks to Mick Delivery. Mick Delivery delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. I tell you what, Steve, after hearing that intro, I actually think I'm in the mood for a little bit of a, uh, a Monday mood lifter, as it is after the weekend. My goodness me. Look... That happened. That happened. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still hard to get your head around it, really. It was it was all sorts of awful. Uh, I yeah, it was all sorts of awful. I don't think I don't think the players got to determine who the best team was out on the field. I think it was determined off the field, which is which is sad. Mm. I think I just I. Immediately after the match, and when I check in with myself 30-odd hours later, I still have similar feelings uh, to what I did at the final whistle, which was a mixture of frustration, pride, sympathy for the All Blacks players and staff, who you know have put in so much work to have their moment, and and you could just see the devastation all over their faces. Uh, I think that was the, the main gist of it. And then I got distracted. And let me tell you, if there is ever a cure uh, for saving you from mulling too much over your heartbreak over a sporting result like that one, it is having a couple of very young nieces there who do not care in the slightest and are much more interested in making sure that you're in their play salon and they can do your hair. Uh, that's a really good distracting po- just distraction point. So I will take that. But I think I I am at the moment still feeling, like I say, that mix of, of pride, yes, mixed with a bit of disappointment, yes, mixed with a little bit of frustration as well at the nature of that game. Yeah, there's two things and only two things that have got me through the weekend. And the first was that they actually, uh, yeah, I was proud of the performance. They, it should have been a hiding where the players sent off and, uh, they actually performed. They created opportunities. They had their chances still to win it. I, I was immensely proud of how they performed. I, mm. I thought, um, I just thought, well, well done, boys. I can, I can respect that effort. You tried and you tried to win the game the way you want to win the game, and I respected that. The second thing, and probably the thing that got me through it the most, was um, knowing that I don't support Australian rugby or the Wallabies, and uh, that makes me feel a whole lot better. <laughs> 
because they're just in a whole different level of pain than we are, so it's not that bad. I tell you what, when you need a Monday mood lift, anything counts. Yeah, and just, going, I don't support the Wallabies, Wallabies absolutely counts just think in of my Eddie, box. Just think of Eddie Jones and everything is not that bad. <laughs> and hey, look, we'll have Tom Decent, the uh, Sydney Morning Herald journalist who broke that original story about Jones having an interview with Japan about the head coaching role on the show a little bit later. In the meantime, though, we are obviously going to be talking and delving a lot into that World Cup final, but also more so looking forward because a lot of the sentiment around that final and in the wake of that final uh, has been RIP rugby. If that is how it is going to be be played, if that is how it's going to be officiated, then what is our game that we love coming to? So with that in mind... What we want to know from you today, and text us in on the Temper Bear Post text machine double eight double three, is if there was a rule in rugby you could change, what would it be? We'll compile a bit of a list uh, and get them all together for later in the show. But for starters, I would go, first of all, for me, in light of the red card situation and in complete agreement with All Blacks coach Ian Foster after the match, uh, the red card rule should absolutely be implemented in the way that it is super in that it should be a 20-minute Simbanine and then another player can come on and bring the team back up to 15. That player's out for the game, yep, but it only impacts the entire team for 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that unless there's intent. Yeah, unless okay. Unless there's seriously intent to hurt someone, then I think you're off the match. Uh, like if you seriously intend to run in and mm. hit someone around the face, you know, with intent to harm them. So Darcy Swain on Quintapaya. Uh, Richard Lowe comes into thought a lot of times. Um, Paul Cross's nose. Like if there's intent, then then you're. Then gone. the entire team should be penalised for the yep. whole game because I, I absolutely believe the player, of course, if they get red carded, should be sent off for the whole time. If but there's it's no just intent, bringing someone else in. If there's no intent, because these accidents happen, right? Mm. And there's a thousand different movements. And if there's no intent, like no one intended any harm to anyone, but it was a head collision, then absolutely should 20 minutes at the most. Like it's it's it's, it's very hard when there's no intent. Hmm. And that's where our game, I believe, is a little bit broken. That you, well, okay, our, our game is broken. I, I, it is 100% broken and it needs some help. But yeah, there's, there's a difference between an accident and intent. And uh, I understand poor technique and poor form can lead to injuries, and that needs to be taken into the circumstances as well. But if there's if you're trying to absolutely maim someone and it happens, then that's intent, you're gone. But uh, if it's an accident, then you, you, you can't send someone off for what is a head collision as such because neither player, in Sam Kane's incident, I believe, neither player intended to make contact with anyone, you mm. know, it was just it was just bodies moved at a, at a late and at a change at weird angle, and 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 there was an accidental head collision. And that's the thing, right? We are talking about reactions within less Milli, than a second, milliseconds. It's <laughs> at speed. At speed. I mean, does anyone have those sort of reflexes in which they can dip that fast in that amount of time when someone else changes direction coming at you? I mean, I'd like to see it. Mm. Maybe you're saying Bolt does? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what would your rule be, Steve? My rule, if I could change one thing, would be, okay, I would go along the lines of if for any reason you have a player that is injured or tired, 
uh, then it's a free kick and you play on. So if it's a scrum and the prop goes down because he thinks he's tired and he's got a sore neck, then it's just if it's your ball, uh, you get a free kick and, and we play on. If it's a line out and the hooker goes down because they need to slow it down, then then um, it's just a free kick on the 15 and whoever's got the ball, let's play on. You can't choose to take a scrum or you can choose to kick it out, but, but we play on. And if it's a serious, serious injury where mm-hmm. – you know it's a serious injury, then we'll stop the game and we'll get them some help and we'll get them off and, mm. and then we'll play on. Mm. But um, people going down to have a drinks break, it's just it just it's not right for our game. Would certainly save us from some of the fast call scenes we saw in that semi-final between France and South Africa, uh, the quarterfinal rather. Was it was it the quarterfinal between France and South Africa or was it the semi-final with uh, South Africa and England when the water, uh, the water guys were coming on? Yeah. What well, felt like... Yeah, Everett, was, like, was you commentated ref. all of the England games, so yeah. you'll remember. It was the, Kiwi, uh, it was the English game, and the Kiwi ref um, was basically saying to the captains, next mm. time you bring on someone with a water bottle, mm. I'm going to penalise you. And it's all these specialist coaches running on in their yeah. water bumps with the bottles. And look, people play to the rules that are in front of them, right? Yeah. And that is fair play. And there are there's a lot of time and money and resource tied up in figuring out loopholes in these rules and figuring out the best way to play around them. Absolutely, that is part of sport. But when it starts to become a blight on the game, it's when the rules need to change. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Our game is broken. No, like I don't think anyone in the planet is um, going to disagree with that mm. comment. We just need to. We need to make it better. Mm. And it was interesting because we had this discussion after that semi-final with South Africa and England about how the only way you find that entertaining is because of the stakes, yeah. right? It, it's, if it's not a World Cup semi-final or a World Cup knockout game, then that sort of game is not what we want to see. It's not getting new fans to the game. It's it's just quite... In- painful actually in many in many ways to watch and so how do we stop it going that direction a perfect example is england argentina first pool play game for that pool mm. probably one of the worst games of rugby i've ever seen england were disgraceful had a player sim bin in the first minute it, they just kicked everything no intentions mm. of even a score or try but the problem right? they also then played third fourth playoff the same two teams uh and people were saying it was a great game because there was a little bit more on the line mm. but for me personally, it was a crap game. Mm. I commentated it, and it was it was woeful. Mm. N- neither team really trying to score tries. It was about kicking penalties, and I, I'm uninterested. And we are used to it, aren't we? We're used to it in World Cups. Going well, that's just smart. That's smart. That's how you win World Cups. And you can't deny that with some teams, it is an effective way of going about getting through perhaps to later stages than what a team of their talent has any right. To do, and so I think it's it's how do you implement the rules in a way that it almost changes that mindset where they can't be that negative about playing if if we want to make this more of an entertainment game. Well, it has to be. It has to be entertainment, or people are not going to watch, and people are going to move away. Someone said to me over the weekend, um, "Isn't it ironic how um, William Webb Ellis, who rugby was." created after the the trophies named after that he picked up the ball and ran with it and now all these teams want to do is kick it you know give him honor give him justice give the game justice let's make it about running the game let's make it about scoring tries on the wings because that's what people want to see and unfortunately it's too easy not to do that and he can be competitive by not doing that and and that's where we need to tweak our rules
Mm-hmm. We'd love to know what you think. Text us in double eight double three. If there was one rule in rugby that you think could improve the game, let us know what it is. Another interesting talking point that's come up overnight or this morning, really, New Zealand time. Uh, now, the World Rugby Awards. I mean, you could say there are contentious awards, I suppose, a lot of years, and that's fine. World Cup years, traditionally the World Cup winning team will clean up quite a few of them. Not so this year. Uh, Andy Farrell won Coach of the Year, in spite of Jacques Nienabar being uh, up there for it. Artie Savia won Player of the Year. Uh, and in the World 15 that was named of the best players this year, there was a one Springbok in the team, and that was Eben Edsbeth. Was there and, any, was, and that is it. Was there any English in the team? Not that I can recall. The rest of it was oh, made up of All Blacks, French me, and that, Irish players. That gives me hope. <laughs> no, your best mate, George Ford, was not no. in uh, the team. I, gee, it'd, be, it'd be tough to leave out um, Peter Steff to toy after that final performance. Like That was as good as I've seen. Who was the seven? Now, let me just go and find it for the you. The seven, I can tell you guys, was Charles Olivon from France, who was probably one of the players of the tournament. Yeah, so, that's fair. Um, just running through it, and it's a great point, uh, Kim. So fullback, uh, Thomas Ramos, the wingers, uh, Pinot and Will Jordan, Ringrose and Arki were the midfield pair, Moanga and Dupont, 10 and uh, 9, Ardi Savia, uh, Charles Olivon and Kalen Doris, who was smashed out of the game against the All Blacks, um, was the 8-7-6. Scott Barrett, Evan Estabeth, my goodness, what a locking pair that would be. Uh, Tug for Long, Dan Sheehan from Ireland, and Cyril Bay were the front row. And it's, it's hard uh, Farrell, the coach. Those props, particularly when you like, you think about the African props, right? Those those props can scrum, but they also move around the field pretty mm. well. Where the Africans, other than scrum and tackle, they don't do much. What I will say is, it's probably almost in its own way a tribute to the Springboks and how well they play as a team that it's not necessarily about individual standout players who can make, say, a makeup of a World 15, uh, but they still get the job done. Yeah, in, in that negative way they do. <laughs> Which is, Steve Devine is not here for me being gracious today. I understand. Let me tell you. I understand your point, Steve. I, I do, like the the frustrating thing around the box is that they play attacking rugby as good as any other team in the world. That and proof is in the pudding. Correct. Because the French game was arguably the best game of rugby uh, in the history of the game. It was a, a fantastic f- game that came twenty four hours. The first forty minutes, not not the second forty. Yeah, the first yeah, forty the f- is the best forty of rugby I think I've ever seen. Was electric. But in saying that, you know, South Africa looked at how they were going to win this game uh, and they devised a game plan that suited them the best and they have a very good box kicker in Faf de Klerk and they have an excellent tactician in Andre Pollard and, um, you know, and they backed their defence and Peter Steph Toy was probably the best player on the park yesterday. So that's what they did and they decided to not play with the ball and that's a, that's a shame because when they did, Stevie, Cheslin Colby looked like he was going to create havoc every time he touched the ball. Yep, and, that, and that's the problem with their game is that it's there's too big an advantage to play negative rugby. There's not enough advantage to play creative rugby, and and that's they're the rules we need to tweak, so that the team that wants to play attacking rugby m- may have a little bit of an advantage because I think that's fair for spectators and mm. fans. 
A few good texts coming in here and we will get to those shortly. Let's just uh, have a look first at what's coming up on our Macca's menu. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Very soon we will have our sporting headlines. Our rugby commentator Nigel Yordan joins us just after four and Tom Decent, as I mentioned, from the Sydney Morning Herald is on to talk all things Eddie Jones. If you haven't heard, he has uh, walked out. He is off the man who committed to Australian rugby and the Wallabies through until 2027 uh, didn't even last a year, as it turns out. Former Black Cap Chris Harris is also on the show, and we need to talk before six o'clock. We also have our weekend scorecard, cream of the crop, our MG Take Charge performer of the weekend, Paul Mawari from the TAB, and we recap the Rugby World Cup final. That's thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. The Run Home's Sporting Headlines. Here's what's making news today. Well, City have painted the streets of Manchester blue after beating United 3-0 in the derby overnight. On a wet and rainy evening in Manchester, Erling Haaland slotted home a brace and assist to send the citizen supporters home happy. City sit second equal with Arsenal after 10 games with the Ange Postacoglu coached Spurs top of the tree. Kazuma Kabori will be competing for money the next time he plays golf. The 22-year-old Kiwi has turned pro, having wrapped up a brilliant final year as an amateur with a sixth-placed finish at the Asia-Pacific Amateur Championship in Melbourne. Kabori isn't wasting any time either, confirming he'll line up at the Queensland PGA Championship in Nudgee starting on Thursday. He's got full playing status on the Australian Tour, having won the Australasian Tour Q School earlier this year. Kabori, who's demanded attention since winning the New Zealand PGA Championship as a 20, uh, as a 17-year-old rather, in 2019, also won the Western Amateur and Australian Amateur this year, and finished sixth at the New Zealand Open in Arrowtown to bag the Bledisloe Cup for Best Placed Amateur. An All Black superstar, Artie Savia, was crowned Player of the Year at the World Rugby Awards in Paris overnight, beating out South African lock Eben Etzebeth, France's talisman Antoine Dupont, and Ireland's Kiwi born centre Bandiar Key. A couple of other Kiwis were recipients too. Mark Talia won Men's Breakout Player of the Year, and league convert Tyler Nathan Wong won Women's Sevens Player of the Year. Scott Barrett, Artie Savia, Richie Monga, and Will Jordan made World Rugby Men's Dream Team of the Year. Those are our headlines. We'll get to your text after the break. The uh, text topic today, the one fix that you would make to fix rugby. Steve Devine says it's broken. We are searching for ideas to make it better, to make it a game that we will want to watch and that future generations will want to watch in the future. Give us a text on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost's range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Live the good times.